Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to the Right Now Project. The Right Now Project is dedicated to anyone who's going through a struggle and is seeking help, information, support, and inspiration. My name is Guy McPherson. I'm the founder here, and your struggle might be overwhelmed. Everything going on in the world right now might be anxiety, loss, addiction, grief, whatever it is. The Right Now Project is about creating a space through this podcast where people can come without judgment to share their story and all of its incredibleness and not-so-greatness. We need each other to heal. So I invite you to share your story and watch what happens. Join us at therightnowproject.com. All right, welcome back to The Right Now Project. You know, I can't believe that I'm doing a podcast about my freaking divorce. I I can't believe it. I mean, when I was, when this started about five months ago, when, when my, my soon-to-be ex-wife announced this to me out of the blue, I, I mean, I was in complete shock. I... was, as I described in the previous episode, found myself dissociating. It was traumatizing. And I, the, the irony of me spending all this time, you know, in this field of trauma, interviewing trauma therapists and so forth and, and survivors, the irony is not lost on me that here I am going through this process and as I moved through this process, as I continued to move through this process, the question of how the fuck do you move through something? How do you get through this stuff? You know, people talk about it and you see it on social media. Well, you do this and you do, and it's not as easy you know, you, it's not as easy you, when you're in it, you're like, Jesus Christ, how am I going to do this? And, you know, so this is, this is, this is, this is what's going on. And this is really happening. This is really happening to me. And this is how, you know, it, it impacted me. I, I, I want to share it with you. I want to share it with you. And I want to share it with other men who are, who are going through this process, who, who don't know how, because there isn't, you know, it, there's so much stereotype around divorce, right? That people are, uh, hate each other and they're yelling and they're fighting and they're screaming and there's addiction and there's drugs and there's, you know, cheating. And really there was none of that. I mean, except for the fact that L who I'll refer to as my ex-wife 
L, the, the letter L, um, except for the fact that when she did announce this to me, she did say that she'd been having an emotional affair, and that, as it turns out now, lasted for a few months. But I, I, I didn't know what to do. What do you do? <laughs> well, w- what did I do? So I started calling. I called my sister, very close to my sister, and she was shocked. Um, I called some close friends who were shocked. Pretty much everyone was shocked. You know, they th- thought that, uh, oh, I thought you guys were doing great. And I I mean, look, great. Were we doing great? No. We, I mean, great. There were things we needed to improve upon, and there were issues that I think we needed, we certainly needed to talk about that we hadn't been talking about. It was kind of like if you're just going along complacent, you know. Um, and I, I started calling people. I needed support. I needed support. Um, and fortunately, I had a good confidant in my sister. My God. I called some friends who I was really close to and they really helped me out, work through this. I, you know, don't... Uh, we had just moved here from Oakland, California to Oregon. And I didn't really have, and I still don't have a large support network here at all. So I started going online and to find support groups and podcasts. I found a couple podcasts and they all, the ones that I saw, I'm sure not all of these are like this, but the ones I saw just had men that were really angry, you know, and pissed off. And yes, I was angry, but... I, I, I'm, I think more than anything else, I was in shock and I was angry and some people wondered why I wasn't more angry and a a large part of it was I didn't want to hold anger in my body. I could express anger. I still am fucking angry to a certain degree but I, I, I didn't want to hold anger in my body. I didn't want toxicity in my body. And, you know, I, I didn't want to listen to a podcast where men were just freaking angry and toxic and, and expressing all that. And what I did do is I found a coach. You know, I told you in the last episode that I... Uh, called a therapist and that didn't work out. Um, But I found a coach that specializes in working with divorce. I never had, I'd never heard of this before. And I was like, really, I'm going to do this. So I called this person and they were really, really good. Um, in the beginning they said, okay, you know, we're going to work not just on what's going on now, but in the future for your future, what, it, what it's going to be like post-divorce. And I couldn't even think about that. I, I couldn't even think about what do you mean post-divorce? I can't even, I'm dealing with right now. I can't even think about what my life is going to be like 
after all this has 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 you know after the the divorce decrees are signed i can't even think about that that did become more uh relevant as as the months went on but um yeah so i i found a divorce coach and i hired this person and it really helped me kind of I think stand up for myself because where I, you know, now kind of getting into some interesting aspects of this whole thing is that, you know, where, where your place is in the financial picture of the marriage is, is really interesting. You know, I work from home. I took care of the kids mostly. And for me, it, it, became really interesting how when you start putting numbers down on paper, you know, this person's making this much and this person's making this much and it might be not as much as the first person, but yet that person's staying home. Um, it's hard to quantify, you know, I feel the stay-at-home person uh, who's taking care of the kids, you know, and someone said to me, well, now you know how women feel. Now you know how the stay-at-home moms feel. And that's true. It's it's kind of crazy. But, you know, I I, I felt to myself, I'm not going to, as I said in, my, in, in, the, in the other, in, in the previous episode, I'm not going to fucking stay in the corner and just, you know, weep with a blanket over my head and I've got to get up, you know, so I, like I said, I started getting up and I still am super early going to work out, take care of myself. And that not only was, has been feeding my body, but it's been feeding my mind. Cause when I get up super early, I listen to motivational videos and interviews, videos rather. And it just really keeps me focused and keeps me, um, valuing myself keeps me attuned to valuing myself like this constant wash this ocean spray of of uh you know self-value and self-trust and understanding how how important it is to do this what's also interesting is how this triggered early super early memories like when I was 16 years old or 17 years old, um, I, th- I think it was like my, my first girlfriend and she had cheated on me and I like caught her and I remember myself like almost begging her to come back to me. And, you know, looking back on that now, I'm almost embarrassing to say, but I didn't want that to happen and it didn't happen. You know, I figured if, you know, my ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, was so unhappy, so unhappy, such that, for and for, quote-unquote, a few years, she was so unhappy for a few years that she gets to a point where you not, okay, I'm questioning this marriage, but rather, I want a divorce, and I'm not attracted to you anymore in this way. It it was over. In her eyes, it was over. and And I could see it and I, I wasn't going to stand there and it wasn't that it was a fighting for anything it was almost like I was fighting for myself 
for my for, for myself. If, if, if you're done, what am I going to do? What am I going to try to change you? No. I felt like I couldn't, I didn't have anything to work with. You know, it wasn't like, okay, you know, like I said in the previous interview, like a previous month, you know, she had come to me and said, okay, let's work on this. I need to work on this or blah, blah, blah. No, there was none of that. It went all the way into the red zone of it's done, it's over, divorced, I'm not even attracted to you. I don't, and you know, mixed with all this, you know, all this almost energy of me needing to, okay, gathering my wits and my strength and, you know, figuring out how I'm going to deal with this. I was sad. Of course I'm freaking sad. I'm still sad. I mean, it, 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 you know, someone makes a decision and in that blink of an eye, you, it will come to a point and now it's happening in a month where I will not be able to see my kids every day. In the blink of an eye, the whole family unit is shifted, is changed. In the blink of an eye, all these goals we've had and plans we had, gone. And this was because of a decision she made. And you can say, well, you contributed to that because you weren't, you know, talking about certain issues. And yes, that's correct. But I will, I will counter that and say, you know, it was never to the point where I felt like I was so unhappy or so unhappy that I needed to get a divorce. How do we move through these things? How do we move through these things? I started, like I said, calling people, not just wantonly and, and randomly calling people, but calling people who I could trust. I needed support. You know, all in that instant, my ex-wife, who'd pretty much been my best friend, was gone out of the picture. It became very awkward and tense here in our living arrangement. And especially knowing that we were going to be living for the ne- together for the next six months until she moved out. It got really weird. It got really, really weird. I think what surprised me about this was how much it impacted my identity. How much of an existential process it it is. You know, I I waited a long quite a, a pretty much a long time until I got married. I was like what was I 40 something? I just hadn't found, you know, the quote unquote the right person. And 
you know, I, 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 you know, you, you, you find someone and you have your boxes that need to be checked. And I guess someone could say, well, you were married 15 years. That's awesome. That's incredible. You know, the majority of marriages or high percentage of marriages fail anyway. And yes, I realize that. And yes, I appreciate that. But I also valued, you know, communicating if things were getting to such a point where someone was uncomfortable. And and that was not here. That was not going down. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, But I will say that I I got up. I started taking action. And I'm proud of myself for that. I'm still taking action. I'm proud of myself for that. I'm being proactive. I'm I'm trying to move through this process with with as much grace as I can. And that means, you know, agreeing we both agree that we're not going to you know demean each other and badmouth each other and we haven't been we haven't been arguing i mean there have been some arguments but certainly not in front of the kids and i want to be able to look back on this process and and know that i moved through it you know with as much grace as i could with as much self-respect as I could. And yes, I'm sad because, you know, the family unit is gone. And yes, I'm sad because my marriage is done. And yes, I'm sad because I'm not going to see my kids as much. But I, 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 things have been opening up for me. I've felt a lot more creative, honestly. You know, I will share this. What One of the things that did and still bothers me is when people said, you know, you'll get through it. And, and they meant well, right? You'll get through it. It sucks, but you'll get through it. I don't like that because it, in that moment, minimizes my own personal experience, my unique experience. It minimizes it. It doesn't count for it. You'll get through it. You'll work through it. You're strong. Yeah, but what about all the fucking pain I'm going through? What about the uncomfortability and the sadness I'm going through? What about the shock and the dissociation I'm dealing with? I don't want someone to tell me you're going to get through it. There's there's a time for that. <laughs> but it's it's not right at this time for me, you know? And, you know, people will say, well, you know, it sucks, but the kids will get through it. How do you know? Yes, the majority of kids get through it, but but we have to take certain actions and be aware and step up. And, and those kind of statements, though they may be true in the long run, they diminish the immediate actions and feelings and pain that are that are going through in that moment. So, oh man, you know, as I was going through this and as I continue to go through this, it really made me think about how do we move through our, our, our pain of life? 
not just trauma, but the anxiety, the overwhelm. How do we get through it? What do we do? And I, I shared with you that this was the impetus for me creating this, the Right Now Project, the membership, and the podcast. And I don't, I don't want to hold back. I, I, in, in, in my telling of this and in my process of healing, whatever that's going to look like. You know, for me, it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of action. There's a lot of getting up and moving around. And no, I don't have all the friggin' answers. I don't. But I do know that I need people around me to heal. I need people around me to heal. And I think for the most part, we all do. We're human friggin' beings. Oh, man. All right. Um, look, if you're interested if you're on your own journey and you want to share your story or or take part in the healing process whatever that may look like for you uh, come join me at therightnowproject.com therightnowproject.com thank you for listening have an awesome day Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.